welcome to episode 15 of Book Off Banter. This episode, we're going to cover some competition misconceptions and tips, and we're going to cover the huge politics of Facebook horsey drama, because who hasn't been sucked into Facebook horsey drama? It's all the drama, I love it. But, oh, can I just say, everyone, oh. I'm sorry if I sound a bit echoey. I, I think the children have stolen my headphones. So I'm having to use really shit headphones. So yeah, if I sound a bit weird, that's why. I've got cold, so I probably sound a bit weird. So yeah, we're not, we're not doing very well on the professional start for the podcast no. this week, no. but never mind. Um, so first of all, we will have a quick catch up because basically I'm just really excited to say that I went to a party with my pancake pony and I am so, so happy to have him back out. Um, it was a lovely round. I saw the round on video. Honestly, he's it's never amazing. jumped that well the whole time I've had him. Like any person that oh. had the misfortune to encounter me coming back from that round, they were just kind of like, you know, when people are friendly and they're just like, how did you do? And I was like, I'll stop oh you and I will give you a jump by jump analysis of how we did. <laughs> and they're like, absolutely. Do you know what? <laughs> When I jumped my clear at my last event, clearing the show jumping, I was stopping random <laughs> strangers. I was just like, I just jumped a clear. And they're all going, okay. And they're like pulling their children to one side and stuff. I was like, no, literally, I've jumped a clear. That's exactly working. what you I did. You can't help yourself, can you? Can't help like, yourself, can you? I sent it to my trainer, obviously, straight away. Um, mm-hmm. And then today, the horses had physio. And when Ben came, I was showing the physio the round and Ben was like, would that by any chance be pancakes round? And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and why not? And why not? I think, Short I think it's like brilliant. Short of like stopping think... the school mums at the gates, like showing them it. Like... Yeah, I probably would. I probably yeah. would. My work colleagues who don't know one end of a horse <laughs> to another have pretty much lived every good round I've ever had because I go over it blow by blow, not once, twice, possibly about four or five times over the course of the week afterwards. And it's because we have to do that because that's what makes it all worthwhile. It is, isn't it? Yeah. All I mean, those, just those one rounds every so often. This, yeah, like I've had him maybe like a year and a half, I would say. Um, I think that's right. And he's not really jumped a good round. Like, yeah, we've had some double clears at newcomers and stuff, but he's not jumped a good round. He's been out of control every mm. single round I've jumped on him. I've come out being like, I didn't really have any control there. And it's got no, to a yeah. point, like I'll be honest, where when he's been off with this injury, I've started to say, look, maybe I'm just not a good enough rider for him. I just can't manage yeah. him. And I would hate to have to sell him, but maybe I just can't manage him. And yeah, it's just, it's really bothered me because I love him. Like I love riding yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just was starting to feel like I actually couldn't do him justice. Yeah, so, that's, the, that's the bad feeling, isn't it? When you yeah. feel like you're not. And I know people say, because horses don't give a shit. I mean, Pancake doesn't sit in his stable going, I wish he'd pull her fucking finger out so I could jump a double clear. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, we, yeah. need to, we need to reiterate that. We do, when we say to them, I want to do them justice, it's us putting our emotions onto them. So that's, you know, and that's fair enough. But it is still a really real and valid thought, definitely. Yeah. And I don't think we should ever underestimate it, the thought of doing them justice. Yeah. I think there's quite a lot of, him. you know... He's not like he's a competition horse. He's not really yeah particularly pleasurable to do much with. Um, like he's a sweetheart in the stable, but he's bonkers, and so he needs to be with someone who can actually get yeah. him round a course of fences. So yeah, it was a British novice, but you would have literally thought I'd won the Olympics. I think it's wonderful. I thought it was a lovely round. 
I'd watch I was waiting and for someone that. to give me a bouquet, to be honest. <laughs> if I'd been there, if I hadn't lived at the other end of the country, as we've talked about last podcast, I, I would have been there with a bouquet, a sash. <laughs> that, oh my God, I would have loved that. I would have gone all out because it was a round that deserved it, Katie. <laughs> and you need to big yourself up because it was just... I tell you something, you know, you could tell that he's not an easy horse to ride. And I was like watching, I was thinking, shit, you know, he's really quite tricky. And what I was really envious about, I'm going to big you up here. What I love about your riding is you're quite, you're really positive with him still, even though he's crazy, but you've got this really lovely soft hand. So he's never fighting your hand at all. And I'm sure I hope your trainer's told you that lots of times. Because I was just like, because I could see that if you try to be a little bit sort of hard with your hand or a bit handy or whatever, or you try to take a strong check, I could see that head coming up. Yeah, he doesn't like it. (laughs) He doesn't like that at all. And I was like, and, but there was none of that. And I was just thinking, but, but you were still sort of keeping your leg on and able to ride and keep in balance. It was honestly high five. Thanks. High five. It was a really, really bloody great round. I can yeah, see why you're so proud of it. It's really nice that you said that because basically they're all things that we've struggled with. Um, because I've been frightened that once I lose him, I can't get him back. So I've always underpowered mm. him. And this, yeah, no, yeah. this tack, I feel like I can be positive because I can get yeah. him back. And the rider who had him previous is incredible, but he's about yeah. six foot something. Yeah. His hands could stay really still because he wasn't being kind of overpowered by Pan. Yeah. Whereas for me, I am. So he would yark my hands. But in this set yeah. of tack, I just felt like I could actually ride him. So yeah. yeah. I'll stop going on about it, but I was very... No, yeah, if we're going to do a podcast, I'm sorry, all the people that are listening, we don't get... How often? You won't hear us bragging very often. But I, I actually, I'm all for this, you know, as particularly every horse owner that I know, they very rarely, when they do something really well, go, yeah, I did something really well. And they go on about it. It just kind of gets swept under the carpet, don't yeah. it? You know, we very rarely actually big ourselves up for all this the stuff. Even now you're doing it. You're going, oh yeah, in this tack. <laughs> like, oh, come on. I didn't, you know, it didn't care what you were riding me. I saw really nice. I saw you riding him really nicely. We don't big ourselves up enough. I think if you've got a nice round, share it share it with us if you haven't can't share it with anyone else stick it on our facebook page and we'll big you up because it's about time we did isn't it you know definitely actually as well i I thought of you on the way to the show because um i haven't been out for a while and i've had a few hiccups with the horses obviously pan's been injured and you know just things and um we were on the way to the show and ben said to me are you all right like are you nervous and i said i'm in the lorry ben what's there to be nervous about and he was like looked at me like I was a lunatic because usually like I'd be vomiting in the lorry yeah 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 and I said I only need to be nervous when I'm in the ring there's no need to be nervous yes like it's a waste of my energy isn't it Ben was just like all right I'm Middleton where (laughs) where did this come from good for you do you think that maybe helped as well do you think the fact that you hadn't wasted all this energy like getting stressed beforehand yeah I think it must have done yeah, especially I think with pancake because he's neurotic. So if I'm in a state of high anxiety, it mm. just makes it worse for him. So I think Brilliant. if I keep myself calmer, it's better all round. Well, there we go. That's your. Fi- As for me, well, talk about two ends of a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> so there's you doing really well, and there's me not doing quite so well. So um, 
basically we've had I've had lorry issues that have been rumbling on now for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks the main one being that somebody well we know that somebody drilled off my fuel cap and drained the, the fuel tank and I tried to drive the lorry and it poured 24 years worth of sludge from the fuel <laughs> tank into my engine and it's done damage to the engine every time we drive we fix a bit drive it and then we discover the next bit that's been broken so anyway this guy the last time i rode it i tried to use it um, was just after christmas and it was ended really quite a stressful way for me so this guy's taking it away so i'm not bringing it back to you so i'm 100 percent certain it's going to be right so we're coming up to five weeks now fuck me <laughs> and so i've had no transport so as you can imagine um particularly on social media i'm seeing all these people going out to stuff and getting ready for the season and i yeah. don't have an arena and i have got like one hack that I can do um, because it's off road because Vincent isn't brilliant in traffic. So I've kind of been struggling a little bit. So anyway, I started hacking down to my trainers. And so I booked a combined training, which was a flat work with an instructor I'd never met before. Um, but I was so desperate to get out of this stuff. This is something I don't normally do. I don't normally have lessons with people I don't know because it scares me too much. But I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. Just step into the fear bubble. I'm just going to do it. And then I was jumping with Sharon afterwards. Um, and I was sharing a lesson with a girl I'd never met before, but I was, like I said, I was really determined I was going to get on it. And so I hacked to this lesson and went into the dressage room and said, yes, yes, this horse is the novice. No, 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 no. And then Vince promptly spent the next 15 minutes trying to ditch me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it was really, really one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. And she kept going, so he's done all this husband like that. You could tell from her voice she was thinking, fucking pull the other one, mate. That answer's not done novice. He was just on, on one. And so I said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to jump him. No, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump him. We went out to jump. I jumped three fences. And Sharon said, you need to take this horse home. This is getting dangerous now. So I, at one point, I was meant to jump a triple bar. Uh, and then it was five strides to a skinny brush. And I jumped this triple bar thing, did the five possibly might have even been four where I was going so fast at this point I don't know what <laughs> and then he's been in this arena hundreds and hundreds of times but this time he decides he's going to lock onto the gate of the arena as well so I'm like two hands on one rein to turn him <laughs> it was not a pleasant experience for anybody particularly for the person trying to teach me she was like I really don't think this is a good idea today so that was the first sort of my first sort of training session so I was like oh okay I'll have a private lesson um, that didn't go much better, if I'm honest with you. Um, so it's been really, really, really frustrating. And But the problem I've got is, I'm, and I have just heard myself do it again, I'm making excuses. I could have hacked my trainers. I could have hired arenas. I could have hired gallops. I could have got out to stuff. But I kind of let myself get defeated by this lorry. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't been in a particularly good place with my but you know, I think sometimes that happens. Like, so I wasn't, it's funny because like I say, the physio was here today and she was like, how, you know, how's everything? And I was like in a really positive headspace. And I was, mm. But I, she was supposed to come three weeks ago and I forgot. And she luckily sent me a message and said, are you okay for this afternoon? I was like, eh, no, I'd mm. forgotten you were mm. coming. And I said, if you'd come that day, I was in the worst headspace ever. Yeah. Because I hadn't done a lot. I was watching everybody else doing stuff yeah. and thinking they're all out and I'm not. And my horses aren't going that well. And I don't know about this and I don't know about that. And I don't know, then kind of sometimes I had that break, had a bit of a regroup, had a think, and then have come back at it again. And so I think mm. sometimes you need that, don't you? You just need a bit of a break and a bit of a like, this is a bit shit. And then you can mm. go back at it. Yeah, I think, 
I do think I do think that's the case. I do feel that um, I think I've put a lot of pressure on myself with what I want to achieve, which is a good thing because pressure isn't always bad. And I'm, I'm I kind of put it on there, and then I started shying away from it and almost self sabotaging because people were going to me afterwards. They were saying, "Oh, what you need to do, you need to break it down into small goals." So instead of thinking this big goal that you want to achieve, you need to break it down into small manageable goals. Well, I don't know about you, but that makes me self-sabotage about a hundred times worse. Because what I do is I first say to myself, okay, so my first goal perhaps of 2020 would be out in Jumper Discovery. Okay, that's my first goal. So the morning of the discovery, the, when I've set it, I'm, like, I'm going to go and jump this discovery today. And then I'll think, oh, I can't be asked. It's only the discovery, it won't matter. So what I'll do is I'll self-sabotage because the smaller goals are easy to miss. Okay. So if I don't go to a dressage lesson, so I might say, I want a sub 30 dressage. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that because it's never going to happen, but I might say, I want a sub 30 dressage. So you obviously would start with a dressage lesson, wouldn't you? That would be the first goal. So I go, I'm going to go to a dressage lesson. Well, for me, what I would then do is I go, I won't go to that dressage lesson. So I self-sabotage myself with the small goals. Okay. I can see you looking really confused at me. Yeah, I'm um, slightly puzzled. Yeah, I don't think I'm like that. <laughs> no. I think I have I'm to go. Like- I have to go big pressure i've decided i've decided i have to go big i have to go go hard or go home that is basically me i have to go i have to say right i can do all this stuff to achieve it but that is the goal it's no good concentrating on these small goals in the way because that's i'll just i'll just fuck those up so maybe the opposite i think i get overwhelmed it's it's not wrong i think you know if my goal it would be like 130 now i'd be like fuck so I set the goal, but my one is now, I don't set a time on it. So I can have a go. So I might be able to do the goal, the big goal in, I don't know, let's say June. Let's say I'll set the goal for June. But then instead of saying to myself, well, that is the goal. And if I don't achieve it in June, I failed. What I've now got to say to myself, well, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to do the goal in June. If I don't achieve it in June, then I'll have another go in August. I'll have another go in September. So I'm better off just keeping this big goal in mind, but not, and not concentrating so much on the smaller goals. Yeah. I have to go big hard or go, what's it? Go hard or go, go home, hard or definitely. go home. Yeah. Definitely have to go. I, I wonder what other people are. What are you? Are you small goal, big goal? I don't know. Cardboard box. <laughs> 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 All right. We've, we've done like an epic news session. Um, Sorry. That's, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, that was me partly bragging about my round. <laughs> keep bragging, girl. Keep bragging. So our first topic, I got a question from Alison Shapton and I just thought we would incorporate, especially because it's that time of year where we're starting to get ready for competitions and she says, (laughs) low blow, sorry. (laughs) Um, She says, I'm a mum of two young boys, married to a farrier and have ridden many disciplines since the age of four, pony club, dressage and jumpers. Um, But Mm. my passion is eventing and I did that for a few years before having children. I feel I finally have the time and with a new horse that I've set some goals for getting back into the show scene this summer. The last time I competed at an event was 2009. So my question is, what is your best advice for someone getting back into the show scene after not showing for over 10 years? What's the best way to prepare myself for a show? Any tips or tricks? I'm going to start at a small schooling show, nothing serious but I don't even know where to start. Oh, she's from Michigan. Oh. And I had wanted to do a topic because I um, got a message on my 
blog from someone who was asking about affiliated competition and basically another livery had put the fear of god into her and said that oh yeah yeah she had to be like john whittaker if she wanted to affiliate and i'd said to her you know that is to be so... fair i felt i felt that way particularly about british show jumping it, yeah. is, it does feel that way i think it is affiliated show jumping in particular does feel like a real big step well i, I don't know why like that. so i thought that like before i did it that if you were affiliated you're basically like john whittaker um i kind of thought that we would merge the two and um mm-hmm. because some of the things that people had sort of said were you know everyone's going to have flash horses no yeah. one no one else is going to fall off or get refusals everyone's going to yeah. have flash lorries yeah everyone's going to judge you and that's not true it's definitely something that put me off from starting yeah. affiliated so I just thought that it's a good topic maybe to cover and we both do compete affiliated now. Mm. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. Um, I definitely fall off. I definitely have refusals. So I think to Alison, um, some tips I think are maybe go and watch before mm. you do it um, and maybe take someone with you someone that will keep you calm and will help you maybe someone that knows what they're doing um and maybe if you can hire some venues i don't know what whether it's different in america but yeah if you could maybe hire where you're going to jump that might be a good thing um and then i think with regards to bs what i told this girl who had messaged me was um she was really worried about the rules she kept saying, I think the rules are going to be really strict. They're going to pull me on everything. But I'm not surprised. <laughs> British um, show jumping rules are insane. Do you think? Oh, my God. Absolutely. We've had this conversation, I'm sure. British show jumping rules just don't seem to make any sense at Well, all. they definitely don't make any sense. But what I said is, like, at local shows, you're not going to have stewards. You know, you're not going to have people checking your tack. So... But there was recently, there was the new whip rule. So this new whip whip rule rule came in and lots of people bought a brand of whip which had been sold as BS legal. legal. And these people turned up to this show and there was a steward who measured them and they were legal. So there was basically like two whips that people were just passing like a giant (laughs) baton race (laughs) these rounds so that everyone could go in and jump the rounds which did make me giggle but I kind of think that's the spirit isn't it like in the yeah if you went and you had the wrong you'd guarantee someone would lend you or yeah you know so I don't like don't get overwhelmed by exactly the rules and there's usually like there's a way around it you know you can you can work around it um, yeah. one thing I do think that anyone who's going to do BS I think a big difference is the first fence is often an oxer with a filler and I mm. think that's unusual you know if you jump unaffiliated I think the first yeah it's usually a cross pole it's usually a cross pole in front isn't it it's usually an oxer with a cross pole in front so eventing you can always tell the ones where the tracks have been built by people that do like big, strong BS tracks because they always have that oxer with the filler in oh, the really? fence. Yeah, yeah. You and you can tell from the first fence how strong the show jumping courses are. Oh, it's <laughs> this one's 
We've got an oxer with a fella. This one isn't going to be a figure of eight, guys. You might even have something. It might have a couple of related distances. I, I, I think all what you're saying makes complete sense. Perfect sense. I really do. Um, I do think that what you've got to remember is, I think a lot of people, we suffer from imposter syndrome. It's like, oh, I don't really belong here. If you've paid your membership fees and you've paid your entry fees, you belong. Yeah. Even if you fall off at the first fence, you still belong there. You're still affiliated. Yeah. And I do think there is this being affiliated is sort of held up as being like this unreachable standard to yeah. a lot of people and it's not and um, I remember one time actually bricking myself ages ago about an intro I think it was what was what was what was the B90 was when it first came out and um I remember somebody saying to me they said you know when you watch badminton those people going around badminton are just people and they're just riding a horse the same as you'll just be riding a horse you know and it's suddenly fun actually these affiliated people don't suddenly go through a magic mirror or something no. and come out the other side affiliated they're just people that have had the balls to go and affiliate yeah it really is that simple so yeah so to the person that was worried about affiliating christ they let me go and i'm the most unprofessional <laughs> i rock up with my lorry held together with bloody duct tape spilling out children and dogs and screaming usually in a one direction t-shirt maybe with a, bit, a couple of sweat patches where i've got all stressed on the way there and you know there's nothing professional in any way shape or form about me but i go and i have a lot of fun particularly show jumping actually i always have a lot of fun show jumping yeah i think it's it's that feeling isn't it of you're out of your league but actually you're not yeah. out of your league and i think the more you go the more you realize half the people feel out the league and like the other yeah. people like say the people who are quite established they'll have a young horse and if their young horse yeah. has a nightmare in the clear round what i've been really fascinated at is they will literally just go in and they'll start taking back bars off or someone will go in with like something to chase the horse over something yeah. and they don't care they're like we've paid our money we're here to do a job this young horse needs experience that's it whereas i would have yeah. been like well, i can't do that oh my I, i'd be too nervous like oh they're not flustered and i think that's why they succeed because they don't go in there and go oh my god it stopped at the first i might as well just yeah. go home, like eye in my fingers they literally just like right okay take the back bar off that if they, we'll have to move the fillers if we need to Do you know, the horse is going round this course where they yeah. have to unbuild it like as we go and then you'll see that horse three shows later and it's jumping really nicely yeah around. i always remember i think one of the, the reasons i decided to do some bs show jumping was i went with my trainer to help her at a, a really big two-day show that used to be held here over the new year and she took a horse that she now only does dressage on um it's got a hell of a jump on it it can really really jump but it is as tricky as anything and anybody that jumped this horse fell off it and it was in the british novice and it stopped at the first or it did something she fell off at the first fence in the british novice this is a woman that's won olympic medals <laughs> and she fell off at the first fence of the british novice and she just laughed and walked out of the arena got on it jumped around and waited till everyone had finished and then she went in hc no drama it was just something that had happened and i was like shit I think I could do this, not fall yeah. off in the first ten. <laughs> I suddenly, suddenly thought, it's not like this big deal about, you know. So, yeah, and that's what, what spurred me on about yeah. my poor trainer. You know, if you go and watch, like you said about this other person that's worried about getting back into showing after 10 years, you go and watch and you will see such a wide spectrum. Yeah. Um, and there is a place for you on that spectrum. 
And I think horsey all- people, they love to chat, don't they? So, yes. you know, if you stand by the ring and kind of go, oh, is she allowed that? Like Martin Gale or whatever. They'll be like, oh yeah, she is in this class, but she's not in that class or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Horsey people, as you see with us, we can talk and talk and talk yeah. about horses. So I think if you go to the shows, that's the best place to kind of get back up and running. So good luck. You got this, guys. Yeah. Come on. And tell us how you get on. Go yes. and do it. Um, okay. So our next one, I am going to change this up a little bit because I'm going to use this as my wanker of the week as well. Because... <gasps> Changing the rules, girl. I know. I was a wanker because I saw this post on Facebook. And honestly, I promise you, I'm really good usually. And I just walk on by, but I didn't. Yeah. An idiot. Um, so this girl had put this post on, on a Facebook group. She had said, why was this horse on a different yard to her wearing a grazing muzzle on a horse walker? So I kind of thought it was a valid question. Mm. I personally, I used to have a really vicious horse who had to be muzzled, like when people were handling him when we first got him. So it might, I was kind of like, well, it might have been that, or he might have just been yeah. like naughty on the walker or whatever. But I could see why maybe some people would question that. Yeah, so got absolutely. It seems a bit strange. All kinds of like responses. Some people were saying maybe it was a laminitic, which... Um, <laughs> okay. Some people said maybe it's bites the paddles or whatever. So it was like a huge spectrum of helpful yeah. to slightly less... Some sensible yeah, some, responses. Yeah. So anyway, um, then it started with the, like, the poor horse is probably uh. so horrifically stressed because of the unnatural life that it leads being kept in its stable put on these artificial horse walkers and what sad life it must lead and all this and i must have been having a weak moment so i just messaged and said well that's a bit of a sweeping generalization you've got absolutely no idea about the horse's management Mm. like it might be the happiest horse it might live out 24 7 come in go on a walker but it just happens to have a bit of a streak in it that's like really playful. So they muzzle it so it doesn't wreck the walker. So then someone commented and said that, um, I think basically like I should be ashamed and that if I condoned this unnatural treatment of oh, and all of this shit. And I was just like, listen, if you want to argue with everyone that keeps their horses differently to you, crack on. I don't think you're mm-hmm. going to get very far with it. If that's how you want to spend your time, no. go right yeah. ahead. Fill your base. Kind of exactly. I just thought, right, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm done with this. Then the original, no, you then the original poster came on, and she was like, "Well, you're being very rude. You know, I've never said that. It was. I've never judged them for the way they treat the horses." And so I said, "Well, you accused them of being cruel, and you called the horses poor sods. Mm. So you kind of did, and um, <laughs> yeah. just a little bit, maybe. Yeah, of judgment. And I just was like, look." why don't you just go and ask the person if you're that yeah. bent out of shape just go and say to her I'm just curious she was like well that would be rude wouldn't it i said no it's oh. how it's it's how you ask if you are genuinely not judging her and you want to just know it's not rude it's just a question isn't it but if you're like eh, excuse me why do you do then that is rude and then she'll probably what's your poor sod exactly that would be rude yeah but like excuse me I'm really confused. Why would you, why is he wearing a muzzle? Does he bite? Yeah. Like no one's going to care because exactly like we've just said, horsey people will talk forever and a day about their horses. So anyway, I was 
I was a wanker basically because you just shouldn't even entertain it. But it did make me think. That I would... you, the thing is though, you can't let it go though, can you? No, and you're no, like my no. husband. Be like, what are you doing? And I'm going. I'm arguing with a complete stranger <laughs> on the internet. Obviously, and like please. Just... <laughs> yeah you can't let go you can't no. and you're like i know i just i need to walk away from this and then like be the bigger person pops up doesn't it <laughs> oh it's her it's her again <laughs> we um we, we, one of my friends at work a mutual friend of ours that we both worked with had a friend called richard and richard whenever we commented on our other friends posts always used to get our backs up Okay. Until one day I actually walked into work and I said, I have to tell you this rose face to face. I went, I hate Facebook Richard. <laughs> and she went, I hate Facebook Richard too. And we were going to get t-shirts made that said, I hate Facebook Richard. So hoping that no one would know. But yeah, so I get you. Like some people just, they don't, the written word can sometimes come across very differently, can't it? Yeah. And so it's, and it's so easy to get into an argument on Facebook. Facebook is beautiful for it just yeah. build and the best of it is do you want to know something all those because all your comments that have been all them people because i do it if there's like a post and there's like 150 comments and it's kicked off you want to bet your ass i'm reading every single one of them comments mm-hmm. i am i'll t- i'll pick my side i'll be like yeah girl i'm not gonna comment i'm not gonna get involved i'm just gonna watch i'm gonna be like this is what it's made for. So that means something else. My husband would go, what are you doing on your phone? I'm reading. And I'm judging their argument. I'm seeing who the winner (laughs) should be. Yeah. We've all, I think we've all done it. If you haven't had an argument with a complete random on the internet, you're doing the internet wrong, quite frankly. I was Um, like, honestly, I just thought to myself, you've really you've stooped to a new low like for the love of god why are you arguing about a grazing muzzle with total random but it's just that feeling of random why do you have to comment on everybody else how they keep their horse what is yeah. it this one woman had said to me like the one the one who told me i should be ashamed for contouring she was like all horses should be out 24 7 like barefoot and you know you just and oh like Fuck in an off. ideal world like and if they can't be they should at least have access world. to this 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 and that's just like no do you know what like everyone it, well most people are just trying their best and you yeah just constantly getting on the damn case and making them feel shit about themselves yeah. and like who are you like exactly it, it, that's what really really pisses me off it's like that's what you said there was really valid everyone's just trying their best we're all just trying our best no one none of us well the majority of us do not want to do our horses any harm and we are trying our best to keep them happy and healthy and and whatever my argument was even the the one that sticks out in my mind was even worse than that it was so pathetic even now i cringe at how pathetic (laughs) it was i got into an argument on a forum about the definition of arena eventing (laughs) Oh, I mean, if you're going to get into an argument, I see. I mean, that's essential, isn't it? You, you've got to so, be right. So basically, uh, a, an event centre, the weather was really bad at the start of I think it was last year. And they tried to run a BE event and they, they've got a huge, huge arena they do arena eventing on. And they tried to run this event by using the cross-country course on this um, arena. And BE had defined it as being too much on a surface, so they couldn't. 
and so it started this like people were saying well yeah because it's arena eventing and some people say no no it's still cross-country because you're jumping cross-country so my argument was no because it's still in an arena and so i was saying to people so you'd be happy with badminton horse trials being held on arena and because my argument was that cross-country you cross the country that's what the name comes from and so i got into this really heated argument with one i think somebody that's written a five star <laughs> you're gonna do it go hard or go home right and somebody else that was built who built courses i think the other person was again if you're gonna do go hard go home and then another event and, and another event rider and basically then me and this other event rider not the five-star event rider just started trading insults and then people then started on me saying basically that I was rude I wouldn't say that if I was to their face I said well actually I would and then as we started trading insults we actually I could feel us both started to make each other laugh uh-huh. and we obviously turned out had a very very similar sense of humor and actually I'm really proud of this now because we became friends after that <laughs> so we had this argument about arena eventing which got so heated it really it got really really heated and um then I'm genuinely like I'm a little bit fascinated about how you get really bent out of shape about arena eventing I got we got I think I'd like to think we all just got swept up in the moment (laughs) you know it was just like (laughs) even now I'm just like not my proudest moment but you know when you can't let something go Mm -hmm. because it's the point I'm always saying but it's the principle of the thing and Ben's like oh exactly I I just wanted them all to admit I was right yeah and I wasn't gonna and I wasn't gonna stop maybe if they they could have written you a letter with some sort of a certificate we were wrong you're absolutely on the money there Katie that's all (laughs) I needed from them at that point and I wasn't going to stop until I got it well fair um, play. <laughs> well yeah and yeah who knew arena reventing was such a hot-bedded topic I know um yeah it was I did worry after that I was thinking shit if I like go out and you know I was worried like this course builder I thought he was going to get me <laughs> how dare you <laughs> yeah so so I'm sure we've all had a crazy ridiculous argument i like i said arena eventing was my finest moment not although i did make a new friend out of it uh eventually after we'd um possibly came to blows and yours was about wearing a grazing muzzle on a walker when you actually talk about it like that it's shameful i I know like if i like said to my husband like what are you talking about i'm arguing with somebody that i'm never going to (laughs) meet about a competition that i'm never going to go to and whether it's classed as something that doesn't really matter that's basically what i was in your one i was arguing about a horse that has nothing to do with me being in a grazing muzzle a hundred percent i mean obviously i stand by it was totally productive use of my time i mean hundred percent i've got all the time in the world to be sitting arguing about a grazing muzzle it was essential that that girl understood (laughs) but i do just think like these horsey pages they're they're not very supportive well i go on one called twitter eventing which is where i actually was where i had the argument about (laughs) the cross-country fence did you you break twitter eventing was it supportive until then i think i left after that actually i think i I think i did i think i did the flounce (laughs) oh and if you're not i think i found the door 
I think I genuinely did. I think I was like, well, if you're all not going to tell me I'm right, I'm fucking off out of here. <laughs> I'm and taking my football and I'm going home. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going. And then afterwards, I remember thinking, oh, shit. And like the season started and they, people always put course <laughs> pictures up. I was like, fuck, I need to see the course pictures. I've really, I really screwed up. So I had to like message the admin. I suppose you could re-add me, could you please? Because... <laughs> <laughs> that's like it reminds me of you know when you're a kid and you stomp out the room and you slam the door and then you kind of sidle back in like hoping nobody will notice so you don't have to say sorry <laughs> that's exactly what i did that's exactly what i did i did i totally i totally threw my toy and then afterwards i was like oh shit i really need to see the course pictures so yeah I'm still, I'm still a member, still a member. But yeah, what a dick. Did you leave your group? Yeah, no. Twitter eventing on the whole is very, very supportive. It's a really supportive group. The ones, like the local ones, I don't know if you have an all things horsey for us, is that all things horsey Suffolk, all things horsey Norfolk? I'm not on anything like that around here. I don't think. So I, wouldn't, I wouldn't if I were you. Yeah. They are, they, yeah. They can be pretty, pretty nasty, particularly if someone's got a rug on their horse in spring. Oh, yeah, they'd hate me. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I remember I worked one of the All Things Horsey Suffolk ones, and it was one where I didn't get involved, but there was like 160 comments, and I read them all until one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was about somebody who um, was out driving, and they'd gone past a car, a horse, and rider in high vis. She did specify that gave them lots of room and slow down and they didn't smile or wave their hand. And then she went on this group, she went, I have just gone past a, a rider on a such and such coloured horse wearing high vis. Got that in there. I gave them lots of room in it and they glared at me. Glared at me. And then that started a really good debate. It's hard um, because see, part of me just thinks, who the fuck's got time for that? But then I think, well, Katie, you're the fuckwit that argued about a fucking grey muzzle. So there who's we got... go. Who, who's got? I mean, I'm glad I didn't get involved in that when I was like, no, I've learned my lesson from the yeah. arena eventing. Quite frankly, I'm just going to war- I'm just going to read. I'm going to read every single one of these comments. I'm going to pick my side. They're not going to know I'm on their side, but I'm just going to sit here. I know, like, I. I feel like that's, I've definitely learned a lesson. Uh, usually I'm really good. Usually I ignore so much. I don't know why I gave in this day. But I do think there's space on Facebook for somewhere that is actually supportive because th- the groups <laughs> are brutal. There's some brutal stuff in there. Everything. Actually, my trainer, because I rang her to say, oh my God, I've just like committed a cardinal sin. Um, and she said, oh, I've just seen one last night. She didn't comment because she's a bigger person. Um, <laughs> where this girl had put this post on, this video about this horse wearing a market harborer. And basically then got absolutely like, oh, no, it needs to go back to like circles and it needs to do this. Needs to do. Mm, and it's that, that one, isn't it? It's that bloody snaffle brigade, isn't it? Obviously, oh, I'm, they do my nothing. I'm a show jumper. So like, and you know, it is actually... Is my yeah, my trainer had said, like, to be honest with you, like if the horse needed a market harborer, she put it on it. She was she was like riding it nicely. What's the bloody harm? Like, and it's the same someone had commented on um my blog about pancake, and they said, What was the magic ingredient then? What was the tack that worked? And I honestly for a second thought, I didn't put because I'm just gonna get abused. But I'm lucky, like my blog's not huge and I, I tend to have really lovely people. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And so I was like, go on. So I said what he wears. And she was like, that's what works for him. Fine. Exactly. Like, it's not I've been through all it. events in terms of tack, I tell you now. But it's because you get that, like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Don't you? I always feel like that. I always feel like when, when I've been thinking about, um, particularly for cross-country events, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to ask for advice. Out there. I'll just ask my trainer, because if I ask for advice out there, there'll be some, it's a schooling issue. Maybe if you 100%. did more schooling in the flat, they'd be able to run. And I feel like saying, do you know what, love? You probably need a snap on you, go cross-country on, and let's see how that turns out for you, because it ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. So, you know, they, these people that, you know, and they always talk about the good old days. In the old days, everything was just ridden in the snaffle and the cabson. Yeah. And in the good old days, no horse pretty much jumped after 16. Mm-hmm. You know, times move on and times change. So we've now got all these different bits, you know, they were probably ridden in the snaffle and the cabson. They didn't necessarily go particularly well. Yeah. You know, and so. And yeah, things are really technical now. So it's yeah. like, there's that added into it. And, I just think I would be the first person to say, like, sometimes, you know, you'll see a horse and you'll think that does need a bit, a bit more flat work. Mm. But I don't, I think just because your horse isn't wearing a snaffle, it doesn't mean that you've completely fucked off flat work and you don't give a shit. Like I do a lot, but equally I could do all the flat work I want. As soon as I take pancake in the ring, he's going to mm. just gallop off with me unless yeah. he's wearing something other than a bloody snaffle. And yeah, I think it's that assumption now that you will be judged I feel like if you write something yeah. on Facebook, you are like, this is going to go badly. And I just, oh, absolutely. Shit, isn't it? It is. see people. I don't know if it's because we all care loads. I don't know what it is. But I think we can be like bellends, really. We are. We are. You, I think you're right. I think we are massive. And then we get onto an internet forum. You usually have a glass of wine. Mm. Here we go. Right, sense. Bellend on Prosecco. Not bellend. Good, not a good combo. <laughs> Maybe I sh- I'm just going to ignore from now. But then also, I kind of think sometimes I am just going to say, why do you feel the need to comment? Because the person who's yeah. getting commented on feels like shit. There's yeah, just no need. Absolutely. I agree. Is it necessary? You know, my, my argument that I had wasn't hurting anybody. It was just... <laughs> it was an essential... You know, it, it was essential. <laughs> it really had it doing. It needed saying. Anyway, I need to let it go. It's two years ago now. I mean, come on, Carla. Time to let it go. Let it go. So, yeah. So, seeing as you've started your wanker of the week for getting involved in an argument, I'm going to nominate, not myself, I'm nominating my eldest son, Isaac. Okay. So, Isaac is a member of the Air Cadets. And as part of this, he goes um, and does all these brilliant stuff. He's flown an airplane. He's only 14. And on Friday, he had to go and do like a night exercise thing. So we drop him off at 7pm and they take them in a mini bus and basically dump them in the middle of nowhere in these groups and they have to find their way back, walk back. So anyway, through, and they do it through the night. So uh, he was dropped off and he said, don't worry about me in the morning. I'm going to get the train home. We have a, we've got a little train station in our village. So oh, that's cool. So six o'clock in the morning, I look at my phone and I got a text from a number I don't recognise and it's it's me Isaac I've lost my telephone don't worry gonna get the train home I'll be home soon this was at six o'clock in the morning so I thought oh well not to worry so anyway nine o'clock in the morning Oscar has got football and I realised that Isaac still isn't home 
So Sam had gone to the gym. I phoned Sam. I said, um, Isaac's still not home. And he said, oh, well, you know, maybe they're late back or whatever. Don't worry about it. So it gets on to nearly 10. Bear in mind at 6, yes. yeah, he told me he was getting a train. So yeah. like, four hours later, the train journey is only eight minutes normally. Where the hell is Isaac? So yeah. I thought, well, it's a Saturday. Maybe there's train problems. So I searched and every train that he was getting from Bury ended up in London. And I thought, oh, shit. He's got on a train and he's fallen asleep and he's in London without a phone and he's 14 and he's dressed in army clothes. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So I was like, I'm starting to like panic slightly at this point. So I phoned Sam up and I said, look, all those trains that he's got on, any train that he could have got on basically is going to London. So he's do stop at Elmswell, which is where we live, but they go to London. He's fallen asleep on this train and he's gone to London. And Sam's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Well, he, Sam's going, don't worry, he'll go to the police station or go to somebody. Somebody will contact us at some point. I said, well, how are we going to get back from London? <laughs> so we're like getting really, really stressed. I went into the train station at Bury St. Edmunds and I said, um, you, you know, have you seen a young lad dressed in army camo? And they're like, no, no, none of us have well, seen Well, he's in him. camouflage. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He's camoed in his stuff. Oh, so I was getting really stressed at this point. Anyway, I get home and Isaac's at home. So it's nearly 11 o'clock at this point. So he's taken like five hours for this really short journey. And he's at home, an eight minute train journey. And you know, when you shout initially because you're a bit frightened where the beer is, I was like, Where the hell have you been? And he said, Well, what happened was, because everything to do with Isaac, that is how all his story happens. So he got there and he bought his ticket to get on the train. And he was talking to the woman because he's like me and he'll talk to anybody. And she was saying, oh, you know, get the train home early. And he said, yeah, I've been doing night exercise. I've been up all night. I'm really tired. And she said, well, while you're waiting for your train, she says, I'll open up the comfy lounge for you and you can sit in the comfy lounge. So this lovely woman had opened this comfy lounge for him to sit in while he was waiting for his train. She then finished her shift and didn't tell anybody that he was there. And he fell asleep in this comfy lounge. He missed his train and was having a lovely nap while the rest of the world was looking for him. Um, yeah, having a lovely sleep. And this woman hadn't thought to say, oh, there's a young lad, he's asleep. Because she thought he was just going to sit there and then jump yeah. on his train. So she went home and we were all looking for him. Like, I was thinking, do I call the police? What do I do? So, yeah. So I actually, maybe it was the woman that put him in the comfy lounge and didn't think to tell anyone. I don't know. But anyway. There was a lot of wankerish behaviour at the weekend, basically, yeah. from our family. So you spent Saturday so morning in yeah, a state of high anxiety and he was sound asleep? Yeah, he was having a lovely nap in the comfy lounge. But when I, because I said to Sam, when I, about 10 o'clock, when I was going to phone the police, I said, look, I'm going to have to phone the police. Mm-hmm. And he said, but what do you do? What do you tell them? The train station is saying they haven't seen him. What, you know, and he's in camouflage. So won't even, <laughs> you know, he's like... What are you going to say? He hasn't hasn't got a mobile phone. Why would he lose his? He lost his mobile phone. See on night exercise. There's nowhere they could start. London. If he's ended up in London, is a big city. (laughs) So yeah, it was an incredibly stressful morning. So yeah, I think he deserves wanker of the week for putting us through that. That's a that's a good effort. Well, I've got um yeah. So I've got one from a listener who wants to stay anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, after listening to your latest episode on St. Nicholas, I had to share a brief, excuse the pun, story with you. A couple of years back, I was still riding horses at our local riding school. 
a lovely place, but the instructor was a fairly young man, at least 10 years younger than me, and undoubtedly an excellent instructor, but maybe also a tad chauvinistic and definitely thought he was God's gift. Anyway, I was enjoying a private jump lesson on my favourite horse when all of a sudden I was experiencing some sharp pains down there. Not too bad when jumping, but in between, it was fucking crippling. And what's more, it was, oh, getting, God. it was getting worse with every jump. I didn't feel able to sort myself out down there in front of the slightly chauvinistic instructor because I would have died of embarrassment. So instead, I decided to go for the slow, painful death of putting a brave face and riding through the pain. At the end of the lesson, oh I slithered off my horse, handed over the reins to an unsuspecting assistant and ran, doubled up sideways like a crab, back to the car and drove home, weeping in pain, needing privacy, home. Ignore husband and children, lock myself in the bathroom to inspect myself. Peeled off breeches to reveal that part of my... <laughs> she's written virginal lips, but I think she means vaginal. <laughs> <laughs> Because they certainly weren't virginal after this, were they? Had somehow become entangled and pulled through my lace knickers, and it was now purple and bruised. What the fuck? And basically, in a very bad way. I couldn't free myself. Oh my god. So I had to cut my pants off in order to see uncontrollable pain searing through my nether regions. Jesus. I can't cope with this. I... Luckily, my body oh, recovered, my... but I had to tell my husband not to go near me for a good week. The poor man is still not sure why I was rebuffing all of his advances. Moral of the story, never, ever, ever, ever ride in lace knickers, ladies. It really isn't worth it. She's basically pushed her own bits through a colander. Yeah. Sieved her fairy. Sieved her fairy. Oh, my God. I can't cope with this. <laughs> This is this has left a mental picture that I I, I don't ever need. It's very oh graphic, isn't it? You can imagine it. I don't want to imagine it anymore. <laughs> Take it away. Stop <laughs> it. Make it go away. How oh, that poor girl sore must that have been? That's going to take more than a bit of pseudocrem to sort out, isn't it? Yeah. Christ. It see, this is why everybody should ride in sensible Marks and Spencers. No. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm there, there's no place for lace on a riding knicker. Let's just leave it at that. No, Christ. I, I think that should be a fear, statement. She's put the fear of God. She's put the fear of, I'm gonna go through my underdraw. <laughs> I am gonna clear them bad boys out. I've not taken any risk. Is no. that a bit of lace? I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not taking the risk of going. I'm burning yes. you. I don't, I'm not having that happen to my laps. <laughs> Sorry. Your virginal lips. <laughs> so That's what she called it, didn't it? I thought she said virginal flaps. Um, my, I can't remember. I just remembered the virginal. So yeah, weren't virgin. Maybe they were virginal going through lace. I God. think that's a, that's a bloody good effort, isn't it, for winning Wanker of the Week? Oh my God! I think I I, I kind of feel like she needs a medal. She yeah. had a jumping lesson while this was going on. This is what we're all going on about the actual aftermath, and I'm thinking. She was jumping fences and while sitting her own like, fairy. Like, concentrate on your stride. She'd be thinking, fucking concentrate on my stride. Never mind, three, two, one. <laughs> like, 
What's a child masteride? I'm losing my undercarriage. <laughs> yeah, she just I'm really basically shredding it. She needs, I don't know, pseudo pad to sit on. Yeah, a donut cushion. Like after you've had a baby. Yeah, something like that. Oh my God. She, I think I got, she needs a rosette, doesn't she? I mean, really, Christ. If anyone deserves a rosette. She, yeah, she, des- she deserves a rosette. What a girl. I can't, I'm amazed she should, like, carried on with a jumping lesson. I would have pretended I had a bad back or something. I mean, I wouldn't have said to him, oh, you know, my, <laughs> my virginal my, lips. My, my fairy's <laughs> stuck in my lace. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have said that, but I would have gone, oh, Oh, I've really hurt my back. Oh, oh. And then like got off and walked. Funny, because you would do if that was happening to your undercarriage. And then like so we were future girls. As well, her husband would be like, have I got bad breath? Like, what what's going on? <laughs> I love the fact that she didn't tell her husband, but she told <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, we have the best listeners, you see. <laughs> I know, they're brilliant, aren't they? Fantastic. I, there can be no question. She wins. She you definitely wins win. Everything. Yeah, you win. Definitely. Okay. So we're going to move on to questions now. Um, our first question wants to stay anonymous. She says, I'm very much an amateur rider. I've only got one horse that I have entered a low level, but I really adore riding and riding makes me so happy. When I have to take time away, I get bored and grumpy. And so during my first pregnancy, I rode most of the way through, even though it gave me terrible back pain. I started riding a few weeks after giving birth based on advice and experience of friends, but it was too soon and a little bit of too much information coming up, but it was a while before I didn't pee myself in rising trot. It was quite depressing. I always planned on having another baby and it was going to be soon. But I'm struggling with the idea of taking so much time away from riding and competing because it brings me so much joy and the recovery time is looming over my head. Did either of you have to take time off riding for pregnancy or other reasons? And if so, how did you cope? She said she wanted to stay anonymous because a lot of her friends listen to the show and everyone knows how babies are made and she didn't want her friends to think of her doing that. <laughs> we darling, we've just talked about Virginia, Virginia lips. It's, it's all go here. Um, I was quite lucky. Um, I rode in both my pregnancies till very near the end and I got on again very, very quickly. And, and I always, I'm very proud of this. I actually do think it will be on my gravestone. I've got a pelvic floor of steel. Like, I shit you not, I can go on a trampoline. I'm really, I'm bragging now. You're bragging about your good show jumping around, dearly. I'm bragging about my pelvic floor. I tell you what, I can sneeze, I can cough, boom, pelvic floor of steel. I so, can do everything main... pelvic floor-wise except trampoline. That's touch and go. Absolutely honestly. I would have had to go to the toilets, like, before I went on the trampoline. Honestly, I'm like a freak of nature, I think. I'm like a freak of absolute nature. And I've never done a, I've never knowingly done a pelvic floor exercise in my life yeah, no, either. I haven't. But I mean, I rode till I was two I weeks overdue. I did it. And I never, I never struggled with that. But I did get a shock when I went on a trampoline. I was like, oh, hell's bells. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna need a tenner lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back onto the question. <laughs> so my lovely. Um, we were both very lucky, as you can tell, that we can rode afterwards. I think that it's one of those things, and it's a bit like 
you can intend to ride. But I went into it thinking to myself, right, okay, I might not be able to carry on riding. Um, and it's a bit like if your horse gets injured, mm-hmm. you know, no one can plan for that. So you do need to, I know that riding makes you happy, but you need to be able to accept that if you do have another, that you might not be able to ride for a while. And maybe think of other things that you can do. I don't know. There's, I'll be still honest, be around horses. I really wanted to ask this question because it's something that's actually really relevant to me because I would quite like to have another baby, but it's the horses that predominantly stops me. I, I was really lucky. I rode right the way through with Henry, but then I had a section. And although I got back on, I, I couldn't ride properly. And Henry was a really difficult baby. And so I actually, I didn't compete for about two years after having him. And it's definitely, it's made me question whether or not to have another. And I go round and round in circles. And then I think I've got good horses at the minute that probably have a shelf life these horses they've got various ailments and I keep thinking I can't stop because the chances are I wouldn't get to restart them so I've got to just keep going but then I'm equally thinking like if I want another one then I probably need to crack on and so when I when she wrote that I was like that's really relevant and I totally get what she's saying about Mm -hmm. I do I do understand that I do yeah about about that not wanting losing yeah like not losing what makes you happy because like I think I've said it on here before Ben cannot stand me if I've not ridden a horse oh god I'm a horrific this summer Sam was just like I would thought I'd never say this but if he's that horse is going to be off for much longer I think you should get another one so you've got something to ride because I was just so grumpy Um, it's like I I do understand that I didn't really have any advice I was reading a question kind of like I feel you but I yeah. don't know how I can really advise you because yeah. I'm kind of thinking the same sort of thing. Yeah. Not exactly the same because it's not so much for my happiness. It's more like the shelf life of the competition horses that I've got. Um, but it's, it's definitely a, it's a horse riders thing, that isn't it? Like when I broke my arm, I was supposed to have, I think, five months off and I had four weeks off. And yeah. I just needed to be back on a horse after that. And I just think it's like a drug, isn't it? Riding. Mm, it, it is. It is. You, you can't be without it. So what about if you, because riding through the winter is shit, mm-hmm. isn't it? So what if like, I would say, I know that conceiving can, you know, there's no science to it a lot of the time, but maybe like try and uh, increase your chances so that peak time where you might not be able to ride would be at the time when you would least want to ride yeah so you know that's the only way of doing it and also um you know and look at it in certain ways so you wouldn't necessarily have to have a c-section again you can you can have a normal birth after a c-section so if you could say well i'll ride for as long as i can up to the birth and then if i have a normal birth maybe give myself a week or a couple of weeks to get back into it that's like no time at all Mm -hmm. in a horse's world that's just a holiday for a horse, a short holiday for a horse. Um, you know, there are other ways you could maybe think about getting a, a sharer or someone to help you so that you can still ride without the pressure of schooling or feeling that you're having to keep them fit. Let someone else take that over and you can just ride and enjoy them. So I don't know. There's, there's lots of ways of looking at it. 
Um, you it's know, I so didn't hard, compete. isn't it? It's so hard to, 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 we've said it before, it's the juggling. Yeah, yeah. And, yes, I didn't compete for quite a long time. Well, I did with I, Oscar. I did start competing again, but it was really badly. And I think I should have done what you did which was I should have taken the time out and I shouldn't have competed. I tried my best to get back out competing as quick as I could. And, and I suffered as a result. So actually sometimes taking your time and getting back into it steadily, you don't win medals for, for getting out there quickly. You win medals for getting out there and doing it well. And I should have yeah. taken the time off and done it, and done it properly. So there's no right or wrong. There's, and, and we can't give you the best advice because we don't know ourselves yeah. <laughs> it's that simple isn't it i mean definitely if you if you're gonna ride just get a seat saver that's absorbent and then <laughs> you're away but it's funny like i'm probably gonna ben's potentially gonna edit this out um it's a problem because he listens as well um oh god oh my god we've been talking about all sorts <laughs> yeah and um, so when you were saying about you know timing um it around the competition season so we had kind of talked about having a baby and yeah, maybe it's something that we'd like and I don't know when it's going to work. And, and then I got a new horse because I didn't really have anything at the time. Mine were injured or whatever or young. And I bought myself this schoolmaster and I was like, I'm going to go full pelt. I'm going to really, I'm going to get to where I want to be. And then I'm going to stop and have a baby. Got mm -hmm. the schoolmaster and two weeks later he went lame. And I just said to Ben, literally on the way home from the vet, I was like, okay, right, let's have a baby. <laughs> change of plan and ben was like okay and i said like seriously though um the horse is going to be off for four months so i'm giving you two months if i'm not pregnant plans change <laughs> and he was like no Brilliant. and i was like so that's that's your window of opportunity okay so yeah yeah um, and then along came Henry. <laughs> and then along came Henry. <laughs> um, yes, because it is. And I think if you told non-horsey people that sort of thing, uh, no. they would think you were an actual psycho. But yeah, no. well, we are really, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, but to me, it, was, it made perfect sense. Like, look. No, it does. It makes rest. sense to me hearing it. It does. <laughs> it hears sense to me hearing it. So, um, you know, and I also think as well, you're, you're, you're thinking as well at, about after the baby's born but also there is the looking after them in the early stages if you feel a bit rough as well yeah you know I had really bad morning sickness so for me I would say I would I'm not going to have any more children because I'm around 300 years old um so for me I wasn't so stressed about getting back on or how long I rode for and getting back on afterwards for me that was actually quite a simple thing to do but for me I would be reluctant to ever have another child because of how awful it is looking after horses when you feel so sick and tired in the first See, sort I, of few I had months really easy pregnancy so. so there we go yeah, yeah. So we've all got our reasons that mm. it might or might not work for you and I just think that sometimes you've got to think to yourself, well, what is most important to me? And if it is that I will really do want another baby, then you'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that it's like, you know, and we did that podcast and it was what's your, like, what's your motto or whatever. And mine is, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think yeah. ultimately it is that, isn't it? Because yeah. I do keep asking myself, and I don't know if this helps you at all. It hasn't really helped me, to be honest, but I might as well throw it out there. Um, is... I keep thinking, say when I'm like 60, 
will I regret not having another baby over over will I regret missing a couple of years of competition yeah that is the biggie isn't it that is the biggie I have to say like I my kid my kids I've got a fairly big age gap between them well I say fairly big it's four and a half years um which I actually wanted I wanted a big age gap yeah um I wanted Isaac to be at school when I had Oscar so that was a decision a conscious decision I made because I thought that would make my life a little bit easier um having two children is wonderful and hideous in equal measure I they get on when they get on they are just brilliant and they're two different characters and they're two different personalities and it is truly wonderful but then the bloody fighting oh my god the fighting they can fight and argue about stuff. They, I think possibly they must go on a lot of internet forums. They must go on <laughs> Facebook groups a lot because they can, they could argue. I remember we were going to a competition and they were coming with me and they were arguing and arguing the whole way there. And this, they actually ended up having a pretty much nearly a fight. Um, and it all started over the way Oscar was blinking supposedly he was blinking and it was annoying Isaac and so this argument started pretty much the whole of the competition we cannot and judge them after the arena eventing and facing muscle shit <laughs> blinking now we I went to a dressage competition once and they had a full-on fist fight in front of the school board there was all these people there trying to look at their scores and these two they were like literally rolling on the floor full-on this fight about a can of Fanta and um yeah so having two kids is wonderful and brilliant and it's also really quite hard work but similar to horses I always say to myself is it as easy to look after two as it is one just crack on have another baby so there you go I don't know how much help I've been probably none but um I'm probably scared us to death talking about my two kids arguing so, so that's our take on it. We hope that we've helped you maybe a little bit. Um, okay, our last question is, Hi, Katie and Carla. I'm in need of some advice. I'm a groom and have been and have been for over 10 years. It's literally all I know how to do. My problem is I'm 30 this year and the groom's life just isn't working anymore. I have a husband, mm. a little girl and a horse of my own and both are suffering for the fact that I am a groom and I'm constantly broke. My horse is coming up for retirement in the next couple of years and I will never be able to buy another on the money that I earn now. My question is, when, how do I step away from being a groom and find something else to do? As I said, horses are all I know. Okay, no, that's not that true though. Good, um, a good topic that maybe a lot of people would encounter. So when I, when I was at school, about 300 years ago, like I said, because I am very old, I, the whole time I was going through secondary school, I was adamant I was going to work with horses. So I was going to, I wasn't interested in school. I'm very lucky in that academically, I do quite well with quite hardly any effort. So I actually came away with really good GCSEs and I wasn't going to go and do A-levels. I was like, I'm going to work with horses. And my dad actually said to me, he said, okay, that's fine. You can go and do that. But he said, I want you to do your A-levels first. Do your A-levels. And then at 18, he said, you'll be able to drive a car. It'll all be so much easier than when you're 16. So he sort of sold it to me on that, on that stage. So I did. I went and did these A-levels. I did them quite badly, but I got some A-levels. I did go and work with horses for a short time. 
and I quickly fell out of love with it. So I do hear what she's saying. Yeah. It is a heart, and there is no real room for a family life. That's the problem, room. isn't it? Like, I think it's different when you're a teenager. Yeah. But when you have a family and a mortgage and things, horsey jobs no way. are difficult. I mean, I do think maybe like there seems to be a market for freelance grooms. Yes. And, and yeah. actually I think they earn pretty good money. And then you would maybe be able to work it more around your daughter, like, you know, say school times. Yeah. That's um, true. you know, things like clipping. Maybe you could just try and like work for yourself a bit more and try and find something that you're particularly good at your skill set maybe like I'm quite small so I can ride ponies you know so maybe yeah that, I think that's a real valid point I think that um I think if she could be sort of like an all-round thing so also considering that walking dogs yeah and, you know just like so she could go in like for us we we have had we don't at the moment but we had a girl that used to come in and she would um walk our dogs look after our dogs for an hour or so in the afternoon get my horses for me in the in so if you are able to do that and all of that that would be really really good and you could do that around nursery hours etc etc or school the other thing to consider is if you do really think actually because i you know working with horses it can destroy you yeah and if she is ready to break away and she wants to what I do now is actually, I went and did, I was slightly older when I did my degree. And now I work training um, other students. And I have people that come in. Um, I've got one at the moment. I've got a bloke at the moment that I'm training to be a radiographer. And he is 48, I think he is. And wow. he did an access course. So he didn't have, he had GCSE. You can, if you pick something you want to do, there are access courses in. Mm-hmm. And so nowadays, um, for if you want to retrain to do something, there's so many ways of getting into it. Yeah. But, um, it so if you really do want to break away completely from horses, don't write yourself off and think, oh, all, it's all I've ever known. Well, you can change. You can change. Yeah. 30 is no age. Mm-hmm. 30 is no age at all. And I think if you have fallen out of love with it, it's not, it's not the sort of thing that you can do, is it? Because it's it's hard work and if it's taking away maybe from like your love of your horse because mm. I think that's sometimes what happens that's that's what happened happens with me like when I was working full-time um as a groom I definitely was less passionate about my own horse yeah like I've been so fortunate that we have businesses that I can do from home so then I can work and still have my horses and doing the connies as well but I don't think I could go back to being a full-time groom again. I just... No. I think when you're a mum and you've got other things going on, it is a really hard life sometimes for not very good pay. I think if you want to do that and that's what you're passionate about and you love it, then fantastic. But if if you're starting to feel like it's not working, then I think, yeah, there's no harm in looking at something else. And even if you have to maybe do a job, like a part-time or a freelance or something while you train to do something else yeah but yeah don't write yourself off and like oh absolutely a hundred percent there's so much that you could do now and there's so many different ways in and I also think as well I mean once we we've we've talked quite heavily about children in this podcast but once you add because she said she's got a little girl and once you add a child into the mix it really does make things particularly I would think for something like groom being a groom 
particularly freelance, um, because they they get sick. Kids get ill. So like, unless yeah. you've got a great support network around you, you can say, well, you know, like to your mother-in-law or whatever, can, can you have my daughter for a, a couple of hours while I go and do this job? You know, and if you don't then go and turn up, you're not going to get paid. Yeah. So, you know, and I just think that I, I totally hear what she's saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kudos to her for getting through a pregnancy and having a baby whilst being a groom. Yeah. I think she's done fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much out there that you could do. And sometimes that like for me, I very much have two lives. Now I've got my horses and then I've got my, uh, my career and they're, they're very separate. Well, apart from when I talk about my horses all the time at work, but <laughs> they're two quite, they're two quite separate things. And, and I love it that way. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's perfect. But you know, there's lots of different routes into things if you do want to completely change. If not, then I think maybe change what you're doing right now. You know, you don't yeah. have to step completely out of it. But if you feel that what you're doing right now is not working for you, just look at maybe where there might be a bit of a gap in the market for like mm. for what you could do. Because dog walkers I mean, seem to make really good there's always like a huge yeah. demand. Yeah. So like you say, adding something in maybe even so you're not fully relying on the horse bit. Maybe the horse bit's yeah. something you do a couple of hours a day and then you do something else. Absolutely. Yeah, dog walking does really well. The other one I think that um, should never be, if you've got good turnout skills um, and you could do platting, yeah. um, people will pay to have their horses platted up for them before, particularly for big competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think round here we've got a girl locally that does a tack cleaning service and she'll clean it and drop it back off for you. Oh God, I, w- um, I would so pay for that. I would love someone to do that. I know. I keep thinking about doing it. So there's loads of different ways that like you're saying. So have a look around and see what other people are doing. See if you can do it better or yeah. see if you can do it slightly different. And uh, if not, if you want any advice on how to go back and get further qualifications to do something completely different then there's loads of places that will help you go and talk to your local colleges i mean because there's a lot of things isn't there where you can get paid while yeah you're learning yeah so it's not like you'd have to be without you know while you're getting your qualifications so well and and there's lots of jobs as well which don't require qualifications that would be there are still really really good jobs and then can lead on to other things obviously because I work in hospital I'm thinking you know you can start off as a care assistant in a hospital and then um they now train nurses with bursaries again and stuff so you know there's loads of different ways into different things if that's what you want to do you can't work in top shop is really important so yeah I think it's important to do what's going to make you happy Agreed. 100% agree. All right. So I think that is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe and review and give us five stars, obviously. And follow us on all of our social media at Book Off Banter and send us any emails you have to bookoffbanter at gmail.com. Or come onto Facebook and start an argument. Let's have a discussion. I hope nobody comes on our Facebook group and says something controversial. I'm ready. I'm ready. You Poised and ready. She's flexing her fingers. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Anyway, lovely to speak to you. Up soon. All right. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.